21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. By the way, you're, uh, I listened to one of your, I was listening to one of your podcasts. Uh, you had this guy, Chris Cooper, right? Ah, Chris podcasts. Cooper. He's a nice, yeah. very nice guy. Very nice yeah. guy. He, super, super awesome uh, podcast you had there. And yeah, it, thank, so, you. You did, thank you. Did you well. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, you were, you were, you did. I mean, it was, it was nice. And you, you, uh, you were talking about the, uh, there was a part that I, I, I actually laughed when I heard it. You were talking about how your your comfort zone, your discomfort zone. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my comfort topic. zone is yeah, yeah. My comfort zone is exercise. My discomfort zone is starting the exercise. So that was funny. <laughs> <Beautiful> <laughs> <topic>. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Anyway, I, I like. By the way, I was going to say, and this is something that he had talked about, like exercise and and sports and things like that. Like I'm I'm convinced that it makes entrepreneurs more money like 100 i'm convinced about that oh, definitely. right definitely. because it's just it, it's i think it's you know let's say meditate it's almost like a therapist to some extent like you get to yeah. exercise and, yeah. and you get to be you get to be a five-year-old again right where no we're pretty much you know for whatever the amount of time you're doing the exercise or sport no one can ask you for money there, there aren't any client problems and if there are you know you can kind mm-hmm. of think about them in a very nice way mm-hmm. uh you get to, you know, you get to be a five-year-old or a six-year-old again, you know, and sort of that euphoric, it's just, I think it's just, I think exercise literally, um, I'm convinced of it, right. That it, it literally, uh, it, it, I mean, it's made me a lot more money just, just because I'm active. Right. And I do things, um, but you know, versus also you just, you have more energy in, in the day, right. Like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you need the energy and you have it. So I, I was, I, I like that a lot when I heard that one, uh, you know, the podcast with Chris Cooper. So yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris was wonderful. So I, I tell you, I, uh, I don't know if this is, I, I trained for a. Uh, I mean, I've done a couple of these eighty-kilometer races, these events. Eighty right? kilometer. Right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And wow. uh, the first time you do these, you think when you start training for them, right? You train for a couple months, and then six months, and then I, it, it, when you train for it, you think that you're going to you think that you're going to learn how to, how to run 80 kilometers. Right. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. <laughs> when you, when you like, you know what I mean? Like during, during the process yeah, yeah, and, af- yeah. and, a- and afterwards you actually, you actually learn more about yourself than you did, than you, than you do about running the distance. Right. And you kind of Definitely. change as a person. So it's kind of, I, th- I think there's a lot of things like that in life. Right. I mean, it's, it's almost to some extent, you know, it's like you're driving, sometimes when you're driving, you're sort of, you're driving, but you're in a different, you know, you're sort of, you're in a different world, right? But you're not definitely, driving. Definitely. And you're, you completely, kind of, uh, completely different energy. But it's kind of interesting, right? You, you sort of start one exercise thinking you're, you, you'll learn a certain outcome. And when you finish, you, you learn the completely opposite outcome of, of just you learn more about, you know, something else, right? Which is kind of interesting. Um, I think, some, you know, sports and other things are like that. But that was kind of my, my first, that was the first thing that, that I, I was surprised uh, when I finished that I, I just thought, Oh, wow. I just learned, you know, this is a, you know, I'm a different person than I thought I was. Right. And, uh, and then the second thing was, oh, okay, I just learned how to run, you know, 80 K, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really the, it's kind of cool. I don't know if you've never done it. I told, I mean, you probably think I'm crazy, but if you've never done them, you know, they're there, you should do one in your life. You know, um, one of the things I liked about your, the pod, your, like your podcast style that I'd heard before was, it's kind of like me, you know, you and I just sitting at a bar having a conversation, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. I like that a lot about your style. So, the beginning of the journey.
So I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I started. Right. So I, I, I grew up, uh, and we'll start. So I guess, so I grew up, uh, like five miles outside of New York city, right. In, in New Jersey. Right. So some would say that, that nobody's, nobody's perfect, but I, I grew up close to the city. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of obviously lots of, just lots of culture, lots of things to do. Um, and I kind of did, I don't know. I sort of did the typical, you know, I think when you're a kid, they, they, they teach you in school, right. To, to kind of go to school, get good grades, go to a, go to a good university and then get a job. Excuse me, right? George, who is teaching yeah. you? Who? So your I, parents, I, I, the society, who is teaching right. you? I, I would say society. I would say, I would say the school system. I would say parents, right. I would say most people, right. That's kind of the common thing that you should go to school. Um, and, and you know, this was, this is obviously, this is 25, 25, 30, 35 years ago. Yeah. Like, sure, I'm 40, sure. So I'm 40. So I'm 45. So when I was growing up at, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years old, it was, Hey, you know, same age, like George, same age. I am yeah. 45 as well. So, you know, right. So it was like, yeah. what would you like to do when you get bigger, you know, get older and no one said, Hey, you know, start a business. It was all about, I'm going to go to university. I'm going to study this. I'm going to get a job. And uh, so I did that, you know, and I, I got sort of lucky. I went to, you know, went to some, you know, decent universities. And then I ended up, I was doing uh, economics at Oxford, right? So it was, like, mm. it was like, okay. Mm. So I, I think they give you the chance to think critically, right? And they let you figure out, is it A, is it B, is it, is it C, could it be D, right? And, and I think that's the one thing about, <coughs> excuse me, those, those sort of places that let you think. But it's, uh, it's also, surprisingly enough, I mean, there's also, there's also, there are a lot of people there that aren't as bright as you think they would be, right? So that was mm -hmm. the kind of the, <laughs> that was another thing that I, I realized very quickly that some folks are they they have yeah you know, they have awesome book sense and they're great students, right? But they're not very they're not really practical and or logical and just basic life you know situations, right? So that was another thing that I learned uh, quickly. But I so I got I back to the states, yeah. So I got back to the states and then I started working. Uh, for a couple of these sort of big four places, you know, life was, life was good to some extent. I mean, I had this very typical kind of nine to five, you know, I was traveling a bit, but nine to five kind of environment. But it was one of these things where you get to that end goal and you say to yourself, like, this is it. This is what I've done. This, I'm, this is exactly, you know, this is sort of the end of the game. And I don't know, it was, there was just something missing there. Right. What was missing was it was, there was this, there was this, I would say, uh, there was sort of a stimulation, right? Of it was on what level? Like, it was it was almost like it was like ground Groundhog Day every day. Uh -huh. Like you, you kind of, you know, it's hard to explain, but it was like that. You would say, "Oh my God, it's Wednesday." It's Something Wednesday like a like simulation, Monday. not a real life, or yeah, but Wednesday felt like Monday, and Friday felt like uh huh, you know, felt like Wednesday, and it just. I would say we do a lot of things just because of just because that's what we know. The the real reason why, right? Like why why do people work nine to five? Why why do mm -hmm. they work five days a week? Why uh, you know why is it that why is it that you need to take a fifteen minute break or a thirty minute break? And why do you have to have lunch at twelve o'clock? Why can't you have lunch at four o'clock? Um, I think we do. There's a lot of things that people do um, that we on the we just, autopilot. Yeah, I mean we're 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 conditioned, right? And I guess as a society. You know, some of that is some of that is needed, but it, it's uh, I, I I don't know, but I was kind of on that I was on that autopilot, and uh, yeah, so I was just I mean it was just 
I think I was somewhat bored. Um, but I, I got one day I received a call from a from a recruiter who's in Miami. And mind you, this was I, I this was in January, right of of of, uh, of two thousand, and you know it's cold. And he get and I get a call from a recruiter, you know, headhunter guy in Miami, and he and he literally said to me, George, there's an opportunity, you know, here in Miami, there's a company, it's a German company, come, you know, it was a it was a Thursday, we'd like to fly you down tomorrow to talk to us. So you know. I'm thinking, okay, this is cool. I go down and see these guys. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the, 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 my first vision of Miami was this, you know, this, this sort of German guy in a BMW picking me up at the airport uh-huh, saying, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. like, you know, welcome to Miami, right? Like that's that song. And uh, that's literally what he said to me. I get in the car, we speed off to this office, you know, and then for some, I don't know how this happened, but by Monday, I was working there. I was literally living in Miami <laughs> and working in Miami. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> three, three days later, right? So I, burnt, <laughs> I burnt, so I burnt all my bridges in New York. You know, I was like, I quit a job that I, it was, I burnt all the bridges. So I'm in Miami. Life is good. I've got this apartment that looks at the, you know, looks at the, looks at uh-huh. the, the waterfront. And uh, one day I go in. And so it was, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a 30 person office, right? So we did. Back then, it was like software consulting. That's what we did, right? So, you know, I was playing. I was playing basketball on weekends, and you know, life was great. I walk in one day, and everybody is just sad, 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 sad. And I, my question was, well, you know, why the sad? Why, What's why going on? Yeah. yeah. And then they said, well, Germany, Germany decided to close the office. You know, we're gonna we're closing down Miami, right? And uh, ouch. Yeah, and I that was the and I awakening. Okay. Awakening yeah. call. <laughs> and I, and then I thought, well, what about the what about all the furniture that I just put on credit that they were supposed to pay me for that they didn't pay me for? What about the money that I never saved because I was, you know, having a great time in Miami? What about all these things I should have done that I didn't do? So uh, you know, the the HR lady said, Well, you know, if you'd like, you can go collect unemployment, right? I'm like, okay, that sounds like a good first step. I can figure out things there. So <laughs> so I go to the I go to the unemployment office in Miami and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and this is a terrible, I mean, I think I, I, you know, later on, I wouldn't think this, I think I'd be a little more compassionate, but I was thinking, look at all these people next to me, you know, like, you know, look at all these, right. No one's successful. And I, and I thought they're all, they're all, they're all unemployed, you know? And I, I, but then something stopped me and I thought they're probably saying the same thing about me, right? Like, look at this loser next to me, you know? So bloody perception. So, <laughs> exactly. So from that, from that day on, I, I, I made a decision. I said, you know what? I'll never, ever, ever work for somebody ever again. Like mm-hmm. if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to do this and fail, I'd rather fail my own. If, if, uh, you know, I had the same risk. Right. And I, so I, uh, you know, I went back, you know, I took me, I guess, you know, about a week to kind of figure things out. And I started to look for a job. And my game plan was to get a job. Being scared. I think, I think, later, I think later on, when you get older, you learn that that's part of the process. Like if you're yes. not freaking out by something, if you're not worried about something, or if, you're not, if you're not at all, you know, if you're 100% comfortable, then something is wrong. And, and, and Martin, I love your questions, by the way, because I, mean, I think you, I mean, you ask real questions, right? So I, I, I thank you for that. Thanks. Uh, I think, no, they're, they're terrific questions. I, I think initially it was just, I think it was, I think it went from shock to depression, right? To, to sadness, to, you know, to the reality of, oh, okay, um, 
you know, this isn't like, no one's going to help me. And uh, mm-hmm. there's no, you know, there's no, there's no cruise ship that's going to come and pick me up to mm-hmm. get me off of this, you know, out of this, you better mm-hmm. figure this, figure this out quickly. And, uh, and then you, then you, and then you decide, okay, like action, you know, action and activity creates activity. I, and I can tell you this from, from being, you know, from running marathons and ultra marathons, there's a point for me, at least personally, when I get to about the 20 mile mark of any, mm-hmm. no matter how long the distance I have to go around 20 miles into it, pretty much I'm not having fun anymore. Like I've, I'm just not having fun. Like it's not that enjoyable. And uh, I've learned, I've actually learned to wait for that moment where that moment comes. Right. So I almost expect that moment of not having fun during a marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I, I think if you have a business, if, you, if you're in a relationship, you know, I think it, you have to question if things are too good, then something's probably up. Right. So Definitely. it's kind of, um, but I think it's, it's also, you know, and, and there it's, it's good to always analyze things like that, right? But I was just in this moment where it was like, okay, you know. The tipping point. The tipping point, I would say, was when I realized that I, didn't, I had a choice between paying the rent money that I owed, right? Or the, car, or, the, or, the, or the car payment that I owed. And I realized I didn't have money for both, right? And... Mm. Uh, I, I thought, okay, either I can, you know, so my, my short-term game plan was, let me just go get a job someplace. Uh, I, w- I went into a recruiting agency, you know, my short-term plan was, let me get a job someplace. And then from there, I'll be able to sort of um, start my own business. I walk into a recruiting agency and literally, I literally walked into the, you know, to the same profession that I still do now, almost 20 years later, right? So walked in, Amazing. you know, things went, right, things went really well. And, and uh, you know, three months into it, I started my own company. And, and then, you know, you would think that was it, right? You know, life was great. It actually got worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? so, so it got worse for three years. Dream. Right? Just <laughs> dream. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, there's this, there's, there's this, like, sexiness entrepreneurial thing on Instagram you see about people, you know, they're doing this entrepreneurial thing. Oh, yeah, that's of not, course. Yeah. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Oh, right? definitely. Well, you know, so at least it didn't work, didn't for me, right? So for three years, I mean, it was like a roller coaster, up and down, up and down. I was robbing Peter to pay Paul, and so you make all your money, you make your money, and, yeah. and then what do you do? I mean, you're you know, you're Mister. Let me buy drinks for everyone. You're Mister. Let me, I'll take care of it. Christmas becomes more expensive. It's just one of these things, and yeah. uh, and then and then you have a uh, you know sort of a there's a you know you have sort of a I guess a, a dip in business and, and, and you need the money, you know, right. You need the cash flow, and you don't have any money. And then you're back to the same cycle of being broke again. Right. And then Definitely. that goes on and on. The trigger. I, I, I think I was afraid to go back to that unemployment line. Uh, frankly. Uh, okay. I think I, I, think I, I think I was afraid to, I was afraid to, to go have to work for somebody, unfortunately. Right. Later on. And I'll tell you a story. I, I ended up playing, this is, and this, this resonated me later on when I started the business, but when I was working, you know, for this place in Miami, when I was still working for somebody and in, in, in this team, I, I used to play basketball every Saturday with a bunch of guys in, in Coconut Grove overlooking, this is Miami, overlooking the ocean. And these guys would show up with like all these awesome, you know, one guy would show up with like a Lamborghini, <laughs> another guy had a cool, you know, 
they, they had all these cool cars, right? And I, I had my little Honda Civic that I would show up with. So one, one guy, one guy, one guy exported Kiwis. Another guy had a, had a, uh, had a tech company. Another guy, you know, they all had their own little businesses. And I remember them saying to me, Hey George, like, what are you doing Tuesday at 10 o'clock, you know, in the morning, we're going to play hoops. Do you want to come? Well, I, I just thought it was the silliest thing I've ever heard, right? Because who, you know, of course I can't play basketball on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. I've got to work, right? And then later on, one of one of the guys had said to me, he said, "By the way, he said, if you know, one of the one of the best things about having your own business is that you can you can control your own time." And I mm-hmm. that resonated. And I was I was still working for, for somebody in the team, but I that resonated that resonated with me quite a lot, right? So I. Uh, you know, so, so when I started the business, you know, later on, I mean, I think, you know, having time is a, is a major, is a, is a major benefit to, uh, to being able to run your own, you know, quite frankly, your, to determine your own story and your own life. The hardest part. After, I mean, after a couple of years of sort of the, on the, on the, on the business front, right, where you're sort of going up and down, the, 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 I think the hardest part for me initially was just to hire my first person, right? Because I think there's a there's a concept of a you know this solo entrepreneur, which still existed 20 years ago. So I, I decided, okay, I need to hire my first person. So then I, I think the real growth for me started when I understood the value of of being able to extend. You know, instead of working eight or ten or fifteen hours a day, now I can work 30 hours a day, right? And 30 mm-hmm. hours a day now I can work 60 hours a day. And the the extension of using other people's resources to, uh-huh. to be a better George or a better Martin, right. Or a better Michael. And, uh-huh. uh, and I, and I think, you know, there's, there's a, there's a pivot point where everybody who has a business or really, you know, anything you have to decide like, am I in or I am not in. Right. And you need to take a risk. You need to decide to take a risk or not take a risk. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, I was at a point after about three years of just sort of, you know, the reaction of others everybody that I was involved with right so family members uh, yeah everybody that I was in friends they thought it was probably the worst the worst idea that I've ever had and a lot of the times they you know they, they project their own fears right upon you right oh yeah. so it, it's you know it's, it's safe and easy I mean you just you just you just sort of have to shut you just don't listen to them I mean that's the only way to do it that's how I did it how did you generate uh, energy I mean I, I think I've always been I've always been sort of a I guess uh, I've always thought differently, you know, than, than, than maybe, you know, my, my parents or all my friends or, or family members. Right. It's just a, I don't know. It's a great question. I, uh, I just instinctively, you know, when you know something mm-hmm. is like instinct, mm-hmm. instinctively, you know, that you you're, you're on the right path and instinctively, you know, that this, this could be a good thing. I just knew that. Right. And I knew, and, and logically, I mean, Martin, this is the thing. If you're gambling on yourself, I mean, isn't that, the, that to me, it's the best bet you can make, right? Like I'm going to, I'm literally gambling on myself, right? Mm-hmm. Why should I gamble? Why should I gamble on someone else's dreams, right? Why not gamble on my own dreams? And I used to, I used to think that the other thing, which maybe this was a little bit of, I don't know if it was narcissistic or if it was just it was irrational. I just thought every day that I'm, I fail, you know, I'm one day closer to just hitting it big, right? Like I used to think that every day I used to go to bed at nighttime thinking, okay, I'm broke today but I'm one day closer to not being broke. Right. And I, I used to think that literally for years and uh, I just, and, and meanwhile, you know, like you say, on the other side, your family members, friends, they're all saying, this is like, you know, what are you doing? You know, you're destroying yourself. 
but I just knew at the end of the day, I knew it was the, the sort of the better thing. Um, but I think, I think like concrete advice to the people, you know, the folks that are listening out there is, you know, you, there, there's a pivot point where you need to either get, you know, either jump in the cold water or don't, right? But you need to jump, if you're going to jump in, jump in, enjoy it. First steps. I mean, I think I think the strongest, and you hear, you see this a lot, and you hear this a lot, but I think this it, it comes down to who who wins first, right? Like you or time. And uh, I just keep that in the back of my my head. But I, I you have to be as a, as a as a real step, right? I think number one, focus on focus on your clients, or your customers, or focus on what you do, but focus on your clients. Number two, it, it comes down to, um, I mean, it's such, it's such a general question, right? Like, you know, right. So if, if, if they were, if they were saying, Hey, they weren't, you know, they didn't agree or let's say I would mentally, I would think, I would think like they, they've never been in my shoes before. So to give me, to give me advice on something like that, they, they've never done themselves. Then I don't, you know, you, you kind of question like where, who is the source, right? Like the source is telling you. Uh, not to do this, but they themselves have never done this, right? So exactly, exactly. I, I'd probably, you know, I mean, like someone like yourself, or if, you know, if I if I had a hundred sort of a hundred business people who've done the same thing over and over, tell me, George, don't do this. I'd probably listen to them, you know, a little quick, a little more quickly than than somebody that has never done it. But I, I kind of, I, I think you, I think there's there's common sense, and then there's there's instinct, and I think sometimes you have to follow your instinct. Um, but it, it just comes down to really, I mean, do you, do you want to do it or not? You know? And, uh, I, I take, I mean, to me, there's no, to me being entrepreneur, there's the risk is the same as working for someone else. It's the, if I listen, if I work for a, let's say I work for a company and you know, a large company and you see this all the time, right? If I yeah. do an awesome job, you know, if I do an awesome job, they pay me and, and they give me a little bonus and a pat on the back. And, uh, you know, if I don't do an awesome job then I'm on the street, right? I'm fired. Right? Yeah. Like you don't have a job. So, yeah. so, you know, and it, it, you know, and if you run a company, no matter what product you sell, if you do an awesome job, right, you get paid and, uh, you know, and then, you know, your, 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 your version of a bonus is sometimes more than, than others. Sometimes it's less, but you, you're, you're still, you're still working and you still have a job and you're still contributing. And, 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 uh, if you don't, if you don't do well, right, you're technically fired. If you think about this, right? Like, so absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, clients decide not to work with you. They're just firing you. There's no different. It's like losing a job. But I think, I think the difference between working for someone else, let's say, and, and you know, let's say working for a major company or working for your own is that you get to control some of the game and how it's played. Like you get to make up your own chess game, right? Like you get to make up the rules. You get to decide. You get to pivot much quicker when you make mistakes. The feeling of losing again. 2000, so uh, 2003, 2004, right? And, uh, and, and life was good from 2004 to about 2008. And then I, you know, I made the mistake of having one type of client, right? Which happens to be the financial services banking, you know, client, right? Oh, and, okay, uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. And then, I, and I went from, I went from, I went from 50, because I got it up to about 50 people in my team, right? I went from 50 people back to zero, back to me. So you, know, yeah. you talk about, so I, 
I was able to grow a company and then I was able to lose it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, and then you get to another reflection. The hardest part for me was letting go, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but to, to actually fire and let go people is probably the worst feeling you can have. It's just, it's, it's, I, I, you know, I, I could lose a client, you know, I could have a client or things like that don't affect me that much anymore emotionally, but to, to actually fire somebody or just say, listen, I don't have the money to, to go to, to, you know, to hang out with you anymore. It's, uh, that was the, that was the hardest part of the whole thing that I think I took away from. Um, and it's just the, 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 the benefit of it though, was I was able to regroup in terms of you get the kind of, I don't know. You, you get to a point where you say, if I could do this again, how would I do this, right? And then I was able to regroup and, and that's what I did. Being the optimist. Right, so I, I think, I, I, well, I think in 2008, a lot of people were going through that, right? So number one, number two, I mean, I'm, I'm in the recruiting and, and placement business, right? So it was interesting because I was, I was always on the other side of, sometimes you talk, you talk with people that are unemployed. Usually I was on the other side of that. So I was able to, to, to use some of that as energy, right? To be able to understand how that kind of works. Um, and the third, the, the third thing is, I'm, I'm just a, I just, I've always been an optimist. Like I, I, I've never seen, you know what I mean? Like I, I've always seen things as a positive way. Um, and just, I've always been that way. You know, I've always been, and this is, this is, I mean, Martin, tell me if I'm thinking about this for a second, right? Today, mm-hmm. today's news, when I looked at the weather report, I was going to go for a run this morning, right? It okay. said, 20% chance, 20% chance of rain. This is what, this is what my, my phone said to me today. Right. And I, I literally thought, why don't they tell me that there's an 80% chance that, 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 that it won't rain or that they'll be sunny. Right. Why are they telling me the 20%? <laughs> yeah. So, I understand you completely. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. my, my brain, Mindset, my brain, yeah. my brain, yeah, my brain, my brain functions that way. And the other thing that I always think about is, if I've in, in, in this, you know, this business life that I've had and even life with the relationships and, and, and other things, if I've won 51% of the time and I've lost 49%, you know, I've had a pretty good life, right? Like that's how I see these things, right? So I think it, a lot of it's perspective, but I think, uh, I just knew that life was cyclical, you know, like everything is cyclical. And, and right now, by the way, the last five years we've been, we've been, you know, my, my business lines, we've been an executive recruiting business. We have a, an executive branding business. We're working with, you know, top CEOs of the world, right? Winning 51%, losing 49%. Right now, you know, 2020, like we're, we're rocking it, right? But, you know, I don't know. Like this, it's been a good five years, but maybe, you know, maybe we, maybe the next two years we don't, right? I don't, I don't know. I mean, we were able to go from, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a seven figure business, right? So seven figure business, beautiful, right? So, so it's, it's, and we're trying to get it to eight, right? So, wow. um, so, right. but, but I don't know, but you know, this is the thing I'm realistic about is that it, it might go back to zero. I mean, I don't know, but if it does, right. That life is cyclical. And as long as I'm winning 51%, I'm losing 49. I've had, a, you know, it's been a good run. That's how I see things. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm a super optimist in terms of, just everything, right? So it's, uh, I even, I mean, I'll tell you, you and I were talking about the coronavirus, right? I'm mm-hmm. convinced, I'm convinced that because of this, you know, you know, the world will be a little better than it was, you know, a year yeah, from now, yeah. right? Because, because, Absolutely. We, because we learned from it. And, uh, you know, I think there's things like that, but I think as an entrepreneur and just, you know, even if you're not, if you're just thinking about ideas and starting things, you have to accept the, fa- the part, failure, like failing is part of the winning, right? Like, that's that's how you win. 
you're you're you need to be able to fail. Like you have to you have to actually not that you look for the failures, but uh, failing. You know, every, when you are failing, it's actually you're you know later on you're winning, right? Because you're learning lessons that 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 won't happen again. But I think the problem is now you see like you see it online, right? Everybody's having you know their their you see a lot of these quote unquote successes, but what is success? I mean, the success is because you can rent a, you know, a thousand dollar a month Porsche, like that's success, but you live at, you live at home with your parents. Is that success or is it? What is success for you, George? Uh, it's a great question. I would say, I would say time, right? Like the fact that I have the ability to control my time my, and decide about my schedule. I wake up in the morning or four o'clock, four thirty. I, I usually, you know, I'm doing some sort some sort of exercise, either I've got a trainer three times a week or I go for a run. Um, this weekend I ran, I ran a, the equivalent of a marathon on Saturday and Sunday. We have, we have a run, I have a running joke with the guy who trains me in the morning, right? That, you know, I can't, I can't do a pull-up, right? Like my, my biggest struggle right now is I can run, I can run 20 miles, but I can't do a pull-up. So, you know, there's, <laughs> but I'm, which, which, okay. which I'm working on, right? I think the biggest thing for me is time. Daily routine. So running or running or exercise, I you know you get to get home, take take a shower. Sometimes I sometimes I have a quick cup of coffee, take the kid. It's about seven 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 thirty a.m. Right? I'll, okay. uh, right, I'll have a have a cup of coffee. Um, I try to just I feel better when I wait till about twelve o'clock and you know in the afternoon to eat my first meal. But I usually have coffee or tea. Um, so mm-hmm. I take the kids to school. Some sometimes I take the kids to school, and then um, usually in the office by. 8:30. I actually, interestingly enough, I uh, I'm a big fan of just, I mean, a quick 10-minute journal session. I just I journal, right? When I get to work, mm-hmm. the first thing I do. I mean, I can tell you something today. I mean, I literally wrote down, and I sometimes I write about things things I need to do, things I'm, you know, it could be anything, but today was thing something I was grateful for, right? Which is, it was just I don't know, I was just grateful to, you know, I've got a great wife. I literally wrote that in today, right? I've got a great Beautiful. wife. That was my. That's all Beautiful. I did. Took me, took me, took me thirty seconds to write that, right? But I just—that's what I felt today. So you know, I so usually I work from you know nine a.m. to about eleven a.m., eleven thirty, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then I'm done. That's it. I'm done. For that's the day. it. I'm not, and then, yeah, two hour, it's a two-hour workday. So, um, but then it goes. This is the question that I ask you, right? Remember, you and I were talking about this nine-to-five schedule, mm-hmm. right? So. I, there's a book, obviously, the Four Hour Work Week, right, with uh, Tim Ferriss, right. So I read that, and I thought, interesting. I can do a four hour work day. Why don't I do that? I did that. I got to four hours, and uh, and then I was able to get it to two. So I pretty much it's about two hours a day I work, right, nine to eleven. And then I don't know, like you know, it's, you and I are on the phone, right? But it's talking to you work. To me, this doesn't work. So maybe I'm. Mm-hmm. But but to me, this is more like play, you know. So, Absolutely. Uh, so literally, you know, after this right now, I'm going to go home. I'm going to, uh, there's a local Italian coffee shop near my office, right? So I'm going to get a quick coffee and then uh, I'm going to, you know, eat, eat lunch with my wife today around, you know, two o'clock and I don't know, that's it. Uh, you know, in the afternoon, I have no idea what I'll do, but that's kind of, I'm kind of done, right? At the end, so I'm done. That's my schedule. The whole, you know, two hour work day started because I had read this book right the four hour work week and I thought okay I can't this four hour work week seems a little crazy for me let me try a four hour work day right so and this was initially I was working about 14 hours a day and I thought okay 
if I, for me to get to a four hour day, I need to go from 14 hours to about seven. Let me see if I can cut that in half. So, you know, this is, this is a trial and error of about a year, it took about a, about a year to figure out. Um, I get it from seven, I get it from 14 hours to seven hours. And then I get it from seven hours to, to about four hours a day, right? So just through trial and the way I, the way I continue to literally reduce the hours is I, I, I just keep track of what I do, right? Everything's, everything, now I do, everything now for the two hours, for example, is I schedule everything. It has to be in the calendar or I won't do it. And, uh, but if you, if you literally write down what you've done, let's say you work a nine to five role, like literally write or, or 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Write down literally, literally, literally what you've done the whole day, and you'll realize that you haven't done anything, like nothing, right? So when you know that you only have two hours of work, it eliminates anything, any of the Facebook nonsense. It eliminates Google. It eliminates CNN. It eliminates you know, all of these websites. It eliminates all of that because you only have two days, right? It eliminates responding to your friends who are texting you, right? Because you know that you've got two hours. Um, but I think the idea is to pretty much the beta test, write everything you down, write everything down that you've done and then figure out, okay, here's sort of what I've done today. You'll also realize most of your day is a lot of, I mean, if I don't mind me, mind me saying this, there's a lot of bullshit tasks in there, right? Absolutely. And, and uh, does the, it goes back to that Pareto, I don't know if you know what the Pareto principle, principle is, the 80-20 rule. Absolutely. So a lot, most of my day is set up on the 80-20 rule. Like, you know, if this does this one thing or what I'm doing, does it help me kind of, you know, achieve what I need to achieve? Um, and that's, that's kind of how I set up my day. So that's how I was able to go from 14 to seven, four to, to two hours a day. The prerequisites. Prerequisite is you need to remove yourself from email. And I don't know if you know this, Martin, but you and I, this thing was all set up by my team set this up, right? We have an actual email yeah, each other. Yeah. 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 So, I, so I, I, I don't do email, okay? Uh, and so how do I communicate with my clients? Uh, my team, you know, via WhatsApp, or you can use uh, other, you know, messaging systems. And your team? So we have 30 people, right? I have one main person that runs the team. So I deal with him, okay? One person, okay? He de I deal with him, and, and then he deals, right? So well, I say 30. I mean, I'm at 8 o'clock in the morning. He sends me a, a, an update, a, a numbered, a, a numbered update, like one, two, three, four, five, six, with all things that are going on, and then I, he sends it to me via WhatsApp. I, I respond via WhatsApp with my initials GM, and I tell him what to do or what my thoughts are, and that's it. I think you have to train your team how to communicate with you. You also have to learn how to communicate with your team, right? So uh, sometimes you'll realize that the project is getting done incorrectly, right? So it. it, it it's getting done. It's done. It's getting done incorrectly because you're telling your team how to do it incorrectly. So that's the thing too. You have to realize you have to accept responsibility for for projects that don't go the way you, you think they should. They're waiting for you to give them some sort of leadership and guidance, right? So you kind of learn how to manage the um, that that update system, if you want to call it that. So so he manages the team. Um, I I think I'm very good at sort of the, I'm very good at the overall. Like I have this idea, right? But I'm very I'm terrible at the execution of it. So, for mm -hmm. example, Martin, this is a true this is a real life example. Yeah. In in, Dece in December, I was on I think I was a guest on ten or fifteen podcasts. In 2020, the idea is for me to be on a, on a hundred podcasts, right? So mm -hmm. I gave I gave the idea to my team, 
And then I said, I'd like to be on a pod, you know, I'd like to be on certain types of podcasts. I gave mm-hmm. the criteria mm-hmm. and that's it. And then I, I haven't, then, you know, and now it's about, and even by the way, for example, today for our, our call, my team sent me a, a whole ton of information, a prep material, right. Mm-hmm. For me to go through. And that's what I reviewed instead of, you know, so that's how I save time. I, my team sets up everything for me. Um, to, to all of the prep work that folks do for clients, all of the all of the notes, even the notes we use Salesforce. I put the notes in a quick what's up thing, you know, and they and they, they do all of that entry. So I do none of that. So it's it's the model the model is set up so I can use a cell phone if I if I need a lot of times I don't use a laptop. So I just use my cell phone to work. I mean I've, I've Excellent. literally gone months with Excellent. I've gone I've literally gone months and months without using and I've done PowerPoint presentations and you know I've gone months and months without using an actual laptop, just using an iPhone, like a basic, you know, Excellent. iPhone X, XR. So the model set up, so that's how I save time. People waste a lot of time on their phone. They waste a lot of time with their 14, you know, com, you know, computer screens, right? Going from one tab to the next, you waste that time. You waste time on phone calls with meetings. Uh, but if you really look at what you do, it's not making any money. It's not saving any time. It's not, it's not, it's not empowering your life. Quite frankly, I would do this as an exercise. If you're, if you're out there and listening to this, try to try to put, you know, leave your, leave your computer, turn it, leave everything, you know, literally turn it off. And, and then next to it, I mean, I have a, I use a, I use an iPad now for the note system, you know, an iPad uh, to take notes, but I used to have legal pads, but just use your phone and a legal pad and literally try to try to function for a week a week, you know, without a computer. And then if, let's say you need a report, right? Well then get somebody in your team to make it a report for you and have them send it to you in a PDF on a, via text or, um, but if you could literally, you'll be, you'll be surprised in how much more productive you can be by not using a laptop or not using technology. I mean, it's technology is great, but it also, it's a, it's a great distraction as well. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, people, People pay people that solve problems. And if you're, you know, you don't need a computer to solve a problem, quite frankly. The stress. I, uh, I'm trying to think of, that's a great question. I, sometimes I feel, I don't know if it's stress, it's more about, it, 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 I think it's more about um, knowing that you're, there's there's a fine line. I think you get to a point, Martin, and I'm not trying to. There's a fine line of of needs and wants, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a point where I don't really I don't need anything anymore, right? But then the mm-hmm. question is, do I do I do I really want you know Do I want to have more? If that makes sense. I've got a an example. You know, my I've got a lease for. I mean, I've got a you know one of my cars. It's, it's a lease, and I have to turn it in, and uh, I got to turn it in January. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of at the point of like, do I, and I, I've paid for it already, right? So it's already paid, at least it's paid, you know, a year, it's already paid in advance. But the, 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 the stress of, do I want to have another car or do I just want to Uber it? Or do I just get a, you know, like a moped, like a Vespa, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes less is more, you know? And I'm kind of at that point in my stage in my life where, I don't know, like hanging out with my kids, playing tic-tac-toe on a, you know, on a beat up piece of legal pad is kind of cool to me these days, if I can, you know. And what about your time management? But it was more of an observation that I made. I think I used to, I used to see, by the way, I used to see in, in Miami, you'd see these sailboats go out like, you know, on like Thursdays, you know, Thursdays at like 11 o'clock in the morning. And I used to always think, like I would, I was working 
I would always think like, who, who is that guy or girl that like they're able to hang out on a sailboat Thursday, at one o'clock in the morning. I think it's like, that's a, um, this is an interesting, I, maybe this is, I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's sort of a sad way to look at things, but like, you know, you're at the, when, when, when everything is said and done, you're going to have your name on an epitaph. It's going to say, right. Mm-hmm. Say, for example, it's going to say George McGarren, 1975 hyphen and then there's going to be another date next to it and i don't know like they're not going to they're not going to say that i built the business or they're not going to say that i was able to do i don't know four minutes of jump rope or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. or there's a little there's a little hyphen in the middle of it and like the hyphen is kind of an important part of the whole thing right so you better enjoy it you know and uh that's kind of how i see it i don't know i'm not i could i could probably my my business i could probably grow it and you know a lot more than i have but i I think I've enjoyed I'm trying to enjoy the other part of it, which is which is the life part. The driving force. I was in Peru two weeks ago, you know, hanging out in the you know, maybe going for a run, right? Like I'm my my nickname, by the way, they, my friends call me Mr. Vacation, right? Uh huh. So, okay. Yeah. So and, and they're not some of these are not glorious, you know, they're not they're not great vacations. They're just but I'm on, you know, but my uh I don't know. I'm just, I'm always looking for the next thing. Like I, I've literally, you know, this is, this is, this is another idea that my family thinks is terrible, but in the next month or two, I'm going to learn how to fly uh, these little two seaters, these little planes. Right. And uh, it's something I've wanted to do, right. Just to be able to do and, and experience something different. So I'm always trying to look at the next thing and to see what I'm up to. Right. But it's, uh, I don't know, you know, Martin, my, 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 like my final analysis for all of this is that, I, you know, at the end of the day, I, I have no idea what I'm doing, you know, like, and no one does, right. You're just mm-hmm. trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. do your, do your thing, enjoy it if you can, but is my way the right way? Probably not, you know, but have I, you know, is it the right way for me? Maybe, but I, I've kind of, I've kind of learned to accept that I have no idea literally what I'm doing, you know? And, uh, I don't know that there's comfort in that, right? Like, you know, honestly, you had a good life and, uh, I can tell you that, I, I mean, I think sometimes people take it too seriously, right? Like they're aggressive, like somebody cuts you off in, you know, in the car in front of you and do their, the horns are honking. And like, that's not, to me, I, I don't get, you know, I don't get triggered by those sort of things, right? Because it's not, it's not really why I'm trying to, to be on this planet, you know, at the end of the day. The business. I have two businesses, right? The first business is, and this is the core business. Um, it's an executive, an executive placement um, firm, right? So we we work with organizations, which a lot of times are like Fortune 500, you know, global companies, and we find them executive talent, right? So the talent, most of the folks that we're working with make from let's say three hundred thousand dollars a year to four or five million dollars a year, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the, that's the bread and butter in the core business. And uh, it's been like that pretty much for the for the twenty years, right? Or you know, to some some extent, extent of that. Mm-hmm. The the second business, which was like a mistake turned into a business model, right? Was mm-hmm. you know, I had guys like guys and and you know, so you know, men and men and men and women, um, you know, at the executive level who were clients. Sometimes they were candidates. They would come to us and say, like, "Hey, George, you know, there's a board membership available, or there's a there's another opportunity." from a different organization. Um, I need, you know, I need some help in terms of the resume, um, you know, some of the branding. Can you help me? This, this started about 10 years ago. Um, 
and uh, we started to work with just you know one executive, two executives, and it just sort of snowballed into just a just sort of a beast, right? And now we we advise them, and we you know we kind of I don't have to word just coach, but we pretty much rewrite their executive story on LinkedIn, resume, board resume, uh, biographies, and uh, you know that's kind of what we do with them. And, and the value add for them is that they get an executive search firm. So, you know, who a lot of times folks like us are sort of the audience, the, the value add is that they get someone like us to, to write their story and, uh, and just quantify their, their message a little more than they could themselves. Or, you know, it's, it's more of a, it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting insight to the, to the, to a lot of these executives and how they think. And, uh, you know, the, it's so we, so we work in the branding. So the two businesses, you know, the first piece is the executive recruiting and the second part is the branding. Tell your story properly. People need, in one way or another, to be able to quickly assess, like, should I talk to Martin or should I not talk to Martin, right? Like, that's they need to know that very quickly. And right now, a resume, you know, even a LinkedIn profile lets them, right now, that's the tool. Maybe, maybe later on, it'll be a different, different tool. But they need a tool to be able to say, okay, I can, you know, is Martin, you know, is he, is he worth my time or is he not worth my time? So right now the resume does that. Um, but the most important part is, right, and this is actually how we work with people. Like you can have a terrific resume, a terrific LinkedIn profile, a terrific biography, right? But if you're not able to tell your story properly and sell and, and sort of, you know, figure out what the other problem, what the other party is trying to solve, then, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be sort of a moot point, right? So it's a really, I think as a candidate, and, and even as somebody who is, let's say you're a marketer, uh, you, you know, you need to you need to come up with some substance, right? And there's sort of the proofs in the pudding to some extent. You can have a terrific doc, you know, pr- terrific material, but you still need to come up with, uh, you know, come up with the goods, as they say. The resume tip and using the different channel. So, I th- so the, I think the resume tip would depends on the person. If you're, if you're, I mean, here's a, I haven't had a resume for 20 years, so it's kind of interesting that I'm selling, you know, I sell resume services. But I, I haven't I haven't used one for twenty years, right? So, um, I, I think I think the number one piece would be just don't send out if you're going to send out a resume to somebody, find out what the three or four main problems or issues or key points that that one company is trying to solve, right? And make sure that you customize not only the resume to those three or four points, but also the email message when you send over that that resume. I think that's the first piece. Number two, if if and I don't know if you, you know, like as a statistically, if you apply to things online, there's a 2% response rate. Okay. So you're pretty much, it's pretty much a waste of time applying to things online, right? You're better off as a search strategy. You're better off trying to figure out if there's somebody inside the company who then you can pass your resume on to, who can sort of give it to the, the hiring manager. I think those are the top two tips I would say. You're better off figuring out how to go behind the scenes, right? Use a different channel to, to find the hiring manager. And, you know, there's, there's ways you can do that, right? You can connect on, and this is the same for, if, if, let's say you're, you're, a business, you're in business development and you're trying to go after, you know, chief marketing officers, right? Or CEOs, uh, you can send an email to the person, right? Or you can figure out a way to get a referral or an introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, just, it's, the same, it's the same concept, right? Like people, people deal with people. They're not de- they don't deal with emails, right? So if you're, if you're not going to make, if your goal is to get traction, with either a new job or a new client or just a new anything, you need to figure out how to make it a people game, 
not an email or, or text, you know, or tech game, right? So I think that's the takeaway for, for, for job folks out there using resumes. What is your next challenge? I've got a couple challenges. My challenge is number one, um, and these are just basic things, but I'm, I'm in the process of getting my EU citizenship, right? So the, on the Italian side, so that's what we're up to. From a, this is from a personal standpoint, I'm also looking into getting the pilot's license, which I haven't started, which that's a challenge just psychologically I need to start. And then, well, I, then on a business standpoint, I mean, you know, the, the short-term challenges, we're trying to hire, uh, I think we're trying to get our processes and, you know, kind of like a, almost like a manufacturing environment. Uh-huh. We're trying to get the things a little more, the processes and a little more continuous improvement together. So we're trying to hire, let's say something works, you know, well, 60% of the time, we're trying to make it so it works well 68% of the time. And then, you know, and then it works 70% of the time. I think it's doable, but I don't think I'm the right person to do that. So we're trying to hire a project manager, like a, you know, somebody who's actually qualified to do it. So that's our, that's our biggest thing right now. And, uh, and the next thing is, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of, I haven't figured out um, what I, what I'd like to, you know, what I'd like to do, you know, maybe next year, the year after, but uh, I'm like, I mean, like anybody else I have, you know, I still, you know, I've got basic problems. Like, I don't know if this happens to you, but like, you know, after eight o'clock at night, food, food talks to me you know and if you're in the kitchen like to me i'm in the mm-hmm. kitchen the food mm-hmm. still talks to me and i've got basic i've got basic problems i need to solve too for myself sometimes right and the final exercise and stay positive i, I think and this is a recommendation right based on one of the the other guys you had in your podcast chris cooper like if you're if you're an entrepreneur, you need you need to exercise and do something. Like it doesn't matter if you run, you know, if you do push-ups, do something. Yeah, like tennis, Absolutely. walk. I've I've been I've been blessed that I've, I've you know I've grown up in a great family, you know, right? I've, I've grown up in I mean a, a solid environment, but I uh, but I'm the I don't know I'm the guy that when you see an escalator and you see the guy next to you walking up the stairs, like I'm the guy that walks up the stairs, right? I think you have to enjoy life, you know, and. Uh, I mean, you're the same way. I mean, you seem like a guy that just enjoys life, right? So, I mean, I would say, I mean, I'd, I'd say I've been, I've been blessed that I've gone to great schools, right? And I, 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 you know, and I've been able to, uh, you know, build up some interesting companies, right? But I've also, I think the most important thing is that I literally, I've gotten to like this, you know, I've literally designed my own life, you know, and mm-hmm. uh I'm not the guy that's like on the bus or the train or like walking around with his face all mopey and all sad and all like, that's not me. Like, I don't, I, I, it's been, I don't know. It's been a long, long time since I've literally yawned. At least that I remember it. I mean, I'm sure I yawned, but I can't, I can't remember yawning. You have to think about like what is really, really important. Right. And I think relationships are, uh, if, listen, if you have a great business and you have a terrible relationship, then, then you're not doing well in life. Right. Happy wife, happy life, as they say. But, it's uh, you need to have you need to have a little mix of everything, right? So I'm not saying you have to be an expert in, you know, in your business or an expert in, in in your your physical state or your mental state, but I think just as long as you're sort of on an upward curve, right, where it's kind of you know little by little, things are improving, then I think you you know you're winning, and that's kind of how I've always seen things, right? I don't need to win 100 percent of the time, but if I'm kind of you know like there's a trend upwards, then then. Uh, you know, then I'm, then I've done well. Right. And that's how I've always seen things. But I think it's like, it, I'm the, the glass is definitely half full, you know, not half empty. That's how I've seen things. Absolutely. Literally since I was like, I was, since I was five years old, I've always kind of felt that, right. I've always felt that there was just, 
there was just uh, the, the, I forget the saying, but the saying, there's a saying that says like after every storm the, or, you know, the sun comes out or something, there's a saying about that, but I've always felt that way. Right. So you just need to be able to, I think the difference between a lot of people are, you know, some people get knocked down and they stay down. Some people, some people get knocked down and they get up, right? And you just need to get up. And if you get up enough, eventually you'll learn, okay, you know, it wasn't so bad. And I was kind of happy that they knocked me down because you learn a lot about yourself. And uh, I don't know, life's a blessing. Like enjoy, enjoy the people you're around and, and don't take life so seriously sometimes, right? Because you don't know, you know, I don't know. To me, I'll be 45 in April, right? And, uh, but I, I never understood. I never understood when, when it's someone's birthday and they don't celebrate their birthday or they're, they're not a big birthday person. I think it's the most amazing thing. Like somebody gave you another year to hang out. Like that's a pretty cool thing, right? So absolutely, um, you know. And some people with your exact same birthday didn't get that privilege. They they unfortunately, you know, they didn't get another, they didn't get another year to hang out. So uh, I don't know. I think you have to be really positive about things. And even you know, like, and this is just a business principle that I've taken. When when stuff hits the fan and you lose and you're losing, losing, losing literally look at it from a deep dive and say, okay, wh what did we do wrong here? What did I do wrong? Which it's usually, you know, it's usually you, it's not them. Right. Um, so what, what, what really, really happened here? And then how can I fix it? So it doesn't happen again. Right. And, and that's how you build a business. Right. So it's, it's the, the businesses that I see fail. They tell me the economy is terrible. Nobody's buying for me because there's too many, there's too many big fish out there. Nobody's returning my phone calls. Uh, it doesn't pay enough. Like they have all of these excuses. Like there's more stories than a Bible, right? Why they're not doing well, but they mm -hmm. you, you, usually it's them. Like they're the problem, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, you just need to analyze. Like, okay, why did I lose? Why did I lose? Why did I lose? And from then, you know, I mean, you know, you need to hit a couple singles to hit a couple home runs, right? So if you can figure out why you lost, you know, winning is a little, you know, you you can later learn how to win. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, there's a baseball, right? Baseball players, you know, mm -hmm. here in the mm -hmm. United States. Right, you know, people are batting 330, right, and they're in the Hall of Fame. So they're losing 67% of the time, and they're in the Hall of Fame, and it's amazing. 67%, um, <laughs> <yeah. percent>, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. These are right, and and they, and they end up in the Hall of Fame. So it's uh, so I think you you know you have to understand why you're losing, right? And if you do that, but you know, stop blaming other people and start start blaming yourself, and you'll see that everything, you know, is a little easier years later so that's kind of been my my you know my motto and called that so uh, martin thank you for that no i appreciate you having me on and uh your your questions you know what i loved about being on your your podcast is that you you take a you know a deeper dive right and you sort of do it's just a i don't know it's just a, it's a great format right like you ask real questions for real problems right and uh and thank you for letting me you know be myself right sometimes my personality isn't for everybody, but you were, uh, thanks for letting you be, you know, I was able to be myself with you. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik.